You are listening to the No Gimmicks Just Sweat podcast with your host, Eric Logan. No Gimmicks Just Sweat is dedicated to hearing the journeys and unique stories behind an athlete's training and what drives them. Get inspired to own your life and make the impossible possible. If you enjoy the show, please subscribe so that you never miss an episode. Also, please take a few seconds to rate the show and drop me a review. Now, let's get started with the show. Hello and welcome to another episode of the No Gimmicks Just Sweat podcast. And today we have Amy Denherter. Is that correct? Oh, That's correct. All right. See, I got it correct. <laughs> <laughs> Amy, how are you doing today? I'm doing really good. Thank you. How are you? I am great. Thanks for asking. All right. So as with every episode, we start with a couple of rapid fire icebreaker questions. Are you ready? I think so. <laughs> Fire away. <laughs> okay. All right. Morning training or evening training? Um, I prefer morning training. Okay. Cardio training or strength training? Oh, um, I guess mostly cardio training, but strength training is definitely needed as well. Yes. Strength, strength. We need strength. We do. <laughs> All right. Run on a treadmill or run outside? Always run outside. Yes. Always. <laughs> okay. Ride inside with or without Zwift. Oh, ride inside without. I actually do not have Zwift or anything connected to that kind of stuff at all. <laughs> uh, don't feel bad. I don't use Zwift either. Okay, good. <laughs> and again, it is nothing against me. It's just right. I, it's just something I don't use. I haven't gotten into yet. Me either. All right. What is your favorite segment in a duathlon? running or bike oh that's tough I think um it, you know it kind of changes for me each race but because I appreciate both disciplines pretty equally but um I've been having a lot of fun on the bike lately okay okay all right your favorite race distance a sprint olympic or long course well let's see I have only done one olympic distance um and the others have been sprint, but I think I might prefer the Olympic distance. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. First thing you do after a race. Um, as well, I guess as soon as I cross that finish line, I get the biggest hug from my husband. And if my kids are there, I get hugs from them too. So that's usually the first thing. <laughs> oh, all right, a dream race that you want to participate in? <clears throat> um, I definitely have my sight set on duathlon um, championships. Okay, okay. All right, if you can go on a run, uh, a ride, or train with any celebrity, dead or alive, who would it be? Oh, my goodness. Digital audio in. Ignore that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. You know, I think someone that has been, at least in the media for me right now, has been Lucy Charles Barkley. Ah, um, okay. Yeah, and I would just love to spend any amount of time with her, and training next to her would be amazing. So she would probably be it. <laughs> okay. All right, last one. Dream location anywhere in the world that you would want to go for a run or a bike ride? <clears throat> well, let's see. Um, 
It might have to be. My goodness. I don't know. I, I think, I mean, I would love to be in Hawaii. I really love Hawaii. And I think that would be a beautiful place to run or bike. So oh, see, we have that in common. Okay, great. That's my, that's my location too. Awesome. Yeah. Great. All right. Again, um, thanks for being on the show. And as with every episode, we want to know what your origin story is. You know, you are an athlete. You are a do athlete. How did you get to that point? Yeah. So I think it's kind of been this, I don't know, beautiful evolution of um, just different phases of life for sure. Um, I am a former professional dancer for the arena football league. And um, while I was dancing um, during the season, I um, tore my meniscus, unfortunately, So that led me to, um, an obvious injury and I ended up having three knee surgeries to, um, have it repaired. Oh, wow. And so, yeah, so that ended up being a pretty big setback, um, as far as dancing goes. And so after I healed from that injury, I was lucky to be able to make a full recovery. Um, the twisting and turning of dancing just wasn't easy for me to do and also risked me injuring my knee again. Um, but I still really enjoyed, you know, being athletic. Um, I had always had an appreciation for running and, um, I had done some running younger and, um, I'd done a 10 K when I was, I think 13. And, um, so, you know, I just thought, well, I can pick up running. Um, that was actually easier on my knees than, dancing. So, um, after I had my son, um, I decided I was, I wanted to try to run a half marathon. I just had that distance in my head of something that I wanted to accomplish. And so, um, in 2013, I ran my first half marathon and fell in love with it and then just wanted to keep adding on distance from there. Um, then the following year I did my first 25 K and loved that. Um, and then wanted to train for a marathon and ran a marathon and was just loving this, um, running gig and, um, really just appreciating the community involved, um, with running as well. And so, um, I continued to train with running and, um, I started to train for my second marathon And, um, this was one mistake that I made while training that I was solely just running and not doing the strength work. So that led to another injury, unfortunately. So I wasn't able to complete my second marathon. Um, and after that, um, that actually led me to the bike because I wasn't able to run, but I still needed to keep up, you know, I still wanted to keep up a level of fitness and strength and help rebuild, um, that injury. So, um, I started spending a lot of time on the bike. Um, and the funny part about that is that my husband is a former triathlete and cyclist. 
So he was pretty thrilled ah. to see me get on a bike at this point. <laughs> so, he was probably like, finally. Finally. I know. He was so <laughs> thrilled. And I was not happy to be switching up my sport. But I was, you know, willing to put in the work to get back to mm-hmm. running and building strength. And so I did a lot of cross training on the bike. And before you knew it, I was really falling in love with the idea of of cycling. And um realized that I have some potential there. And so I thought, Hey, I let's just combine the two and see how that goes. And duathlon has been so much fun and has just been so exhilarating and really just a cool category to be in. So that's kind of where I'm at now. Okay. And again, you know, you know, if I, as I mentioned before, you know, I kind of have a little bias. Yes. With- <laughs> do athletes and do athletes you know because you know we kind of don't get the same level of recognition or acknowledgement you know or even support as you know triathletes do i agree i think it's a i think duathlon is a really underestimated category um i think that they're you know it's not something that's it's talked about very much. And I know that a lot of triathletes kind of do a bit more, um, duathlon training in their off season, especially when, and if they live in cooler months where there's not water available or a pool or something, they can get into train. Um, but that ends up being a pretty rigorous training for them as well. Um, and I don't know a single triathlete that ever wants to do a duathlon. <laughs> they, they love their tri sports. Um, and, um, it's tricky. It, it is, it's hard and it's tricky. And so I, I do feel like it's a very underestimated category, um, that is not talked about or promoted enough. Um, but yeah, so it's, it's a small, a small area of us out there, but it's a really unique, um, way of doing sports. Well, and, and I'm kind of curious, um, you're in Michigan, correct? Yes, I am. So how, you know, how are duathletes, well, not just duathletes, but duathlons and triathlons, you know, what is the, I'm trying to think of the best way to word it, you know, how does that look? You know, I'm trying to compare it to, you know, how it is down uh, here in Georgia. Mm -hmm. And I know even in Georgia, it's different from how it's done in Alabama, as well Mm -hmm. as how it's done in Florida, and then Mm -hmm. as well as how it's done in Tennessee. Yeah. Um, are you meaning as far as distances or? Well, distances, you know, how it's received. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I would give you a good example. Um, generally, the um, events that I've seen in Tennessee and in some parts of Alabama, whereas, you know, it's generally starts with a run, then you have a bike ride, then another run. Mm-hmm. Many races are, you know, you know, you start with the bike and then you do the run. Oh, interesting. So while people are swimming, you're just standing there. Then oh. the first person comes out the water, that's when you start. I see. Gotcha. Um, so far with my experience, um, they have all been run, bike, run. And um, I think they, most of them that I've done have are pretty separated um, in different sections. But we all pretty much um, start around the same time. Um, I think the last duathlon I did, we started a little bit earlier than the swimmers, than the triathletes. Um, 
because eventually we all kind of end up on the same course. Um, I mean, usually I think the, the last run course ends up being slightly different. Um, cause then that's when everybody, everyone kind of ends up on that, um, course, but I don't know, I've kind of done a little bit of both, but, um, I, I do think that a lot of the, um, triathlons I've seen around here usually have a duathlon option or an aqua bike. Um, so I think that's really nice because, you know, sometimes athletes get injured, you know, triathletes get injured and, you know, can only do two out of the three or something like that. And so I think it's really nice that, um, there are those other categories offered usually. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and, you know, there are two, um, groups down here that they really emphasize, you know, like you were saying, the duathlons and aqua bike parts. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's some that, you know, they pretty much just focus on triathlon and they may do, you know, the um, aqua bike. Mm-hmm. And they kind of look at duathlon like, yeah, we don't have that many people sign up for it. Oh, I got. Yeah. Yeah. So far, I haven't had that um, that experience yet. But um, yeah, but I also know there's not there's not a ton of duathlon options either so um, right exactly. yeah they kind of end up being few and far between so exactly mm-hmm. and i noticed when you know when i first started doing duathlons back in um 2017 um it was very few people that signed up okay mm-hmm. but now you know whereas when i first started if we had five to ten people competing in an event you know that was good. Yeah. Now we're seeing 30 plus. Right. So it's growing. Yes. People, people are kind of kind of seeing that it's a challenging, you right. know, sport to do. And yeah. It, yeah. And it, and it gives you that opportunity that, you know, if you don't like to swim. Yes. You can't swim. Right. You know, you can still be competitive. Right. Well, and I think especially too, during the pandemic, you know, a lot of pools were closed. Right. And, um, you know, we live in a cooler climate and so you can't really swim outdoors. So I think a lot of people were limited by that as well. And so, you know, perhaps that's opened up the duathlon category a little bit more for some people too. And just to dive into a different, um, you know, a different category as well. But, um, yeah. And I think there's also this misconception about, um, the distances too with duathlon. Uh, Cause I think there is kind of this common perception that it's, you're doing half of the work that right. triathletes do. Um, and so, you know, we still cover quite a bit of distance. I mean, for me, I, and probably for you, a sprint distance is usually a 5k run, 20k bike, and then another 5k run. So, um, I've seen, um, sprint distances where they, where the first run is a little bit shorter. Um, but typically those are the standard I would, I would say for a sprint distance. So we're still running a 10 (laughs) K. Yeah. You know, and I I know I've had uh, one year, one race director would, um, we pulled up as far as the two athletes get ready to start, you know, she just kind of shook her head. She's like, you people just love to run. Yes. <laughs> There's like, there no way. Right. Exactly. Exactly. I know. Like I said, I don't know a triathlete that would want to even do the duathlon category. So. <laughs> and again, it is, it is a lot of, you know, wear and tear 
you know, on your body. It is. And I think a lot of people don't realize that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, I, especially someone that started in running and then moved into biking, I think that's what makes um, it so unique for me is getting on the bike in the middle is kind of a bit of a break, you know, yeah. from your running, but then it still allows your legs to keep moving and activates different muscles. And so then usually the second run, um, you know, once your legs kind of wake up and make that turnover, it usually feels pretty good um, on the second run. So. Yes. Yeah. Yes, definitely. So let's talk about training. Yeah. So what does a week of training look like for you? Yeah. So, um, so during duathlon season, um, Mondays are always a bike day for me. Um, usually around a 45 minute bike or so. Um, Tuesdays are a brick day, um, okay. which I really enjoy that. I really like they're they're usually shorter brick days than a, than a full, um, distance race. But, um, I really enjoy just one, the practice overall, just transitioning between each of them. And, um, so it's just really good to kind of stay in that mode of training and be prepared for race day. Um, Wednesdays are usually an easier run day, or I have the option of taking those days off. Um, I'm not great with taking days off, but (laughs) sometimes the middle of the week, just having that, um, extra time off or things get busy and need to run errand is just nice to know that I've got that option as well. Um, Thursdays are always a run day, um, where I do speed work, um, And then Fridays, um, a pretty easy bike, usually around 30 minutes or so. Um, And then Saturdays, um, I've kind of been switching up something new this past season, which I really, really enjoyed. Um, Usually Saturdays were always my long run day, but Mm -hmm. my coach has been giving me the option or we've kind of been going every other week, a long run one week, and then the following week, a long bike ride. Oh, so yeah. Okay. And, and I was actually worried a little bit about losing some of my run fitness. Um, cause I do feel like running is the one I have to work harder at. Mm-hmm. Um, but it really has just been a nice break kind of for the legs and it's just been really fun. I think it's been a nice adjustment to training. So I kind of get to look forward to that, especially on some weeks where the speed work might be harder, um, right. you know, knowing that I've got a long bike ride on the weekend and not a long run is kind of relieving in a sense. So, so yeah, that's kind of what my training week looks like. Okay. That, that's interesting. That, that's something I, I, I just made a note that like, hey, yeah, instead of doing a long run. Okay. Yeah, I know. So instead yeah. of like a six to eight mile run, um, it'll be like a 20 mile bike ride. Right. Yeah. So, and you know, with me, you know, I was trying to do both in one week. So, but I spaced them. Gotcha. Part. So, you know, I had one day that was a long run day, uh-huh. and one day that was a long bike day. Okay. Yeah. But I'm like, yeah, interesting. Yeah. So you got my mind just going. See that do athletes? You see connecting. I know. And, you know, I don't, I don't necessarily think, you know, there's so much of a standard for training for that too, because I think we're challenged in different, um, you know, distances and, um, you know, running versus biking. So, yeah, I think just even, you know, I'm I'm still experimenting with what works best or, you know, what's going to give us the best outcome without 
being burned out, but, you know, exactly. building strength and endurance. So, yeah. Exactly. And you, you kind of answered the question um, about yeah. um, having a coach. Mm -hmm. um, so how has that been? Because you generally don't hear um, do athletes with a coach. Right. So, um, yeah, I have been with my coach. Um, her name is Anna Weber. She's two-time Olympic trials qualifier. And yeah. we have worked together since, I believe, 2017. Um, so, yeah, she obviously started out as my running coach um, and okay. has been such an asset to my life, um, not just with running, but with all things. And so really it was, I felt like a pretty organic thing for her to switch over to help me with, um, duathlon training. I think she's very diverse with what it takes to build an athlete so that they can be their best. Um, and I know that that's what she's always striving to do to make sure that I'm happy and healthy and, you know, mentally sound is a huge part of her coaching. And, um, so yeah, I appreciate her and I, I utilize her services and her heart and all things every day. So yeah, it's great. She is definitely an asset to my life. Okay. So, you know, I know it's, it's something that we all don't want to talk about. We want to kind of put in our review mirror as much yeah. as possible. Um, 2020. Yeah. How did that, the pandemic, how did that change your training? You know, races were canceled, mm -hmm. you, you know, plans you may have had, you know, I, I'm not sure if you're like me that, you know, I have my race list already together, ready to go for the year. You know, these are the races I'm going to run in. Then all of a sudden to find that, you know, the world shuts down. Right. And you can't train like you normally trained. You can't. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, participate in events or anything. So how did that affect you? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I kind of looked at it a little bit differently. Um, I, the last in-person race I had was a half marathon that was in February. So it was just, we were right on the brink of really getting snow and cold and everything like that. Um, mm -hmm. And then everything kind of started to shut down after that. For me, um, just training in general and racing is a huge part of just my mental and emotional health. Um, so I just kept doing all the training um, and as if the races might be happening. Um, but I did also, I feel like, adjust my distances. Um, and I kind of spent that year experimenting with different distances and different races as well. Um, because I felt like that, um, there was so much uncertainty. I just knew what I could control was what I was doing and how I was training. And so, um, I, I feel like I took on, I kind of took my training down a bit. Um, and I focused a bit more on a 10 K distance. Um, usually um, prior to that, I was more the half marathon distance, half marathon to 25 K and, you know, just not, just not knowing if races were going to happen or not, you know, any sort of long distance races really puts a lot of rigors on your body. And so you know, just knowing that I could still train pretty effectively and consistently, even at the 10 K distance, that kind of just became 
my favorable distance for the year. And um, then I just thought, well, you know, if, if there's a race that happens, you know, I'm available and I'm ready and I'm trained to do it. Um, if it doesn't, you know, we just keep plugging away. And um, I really thought it was a great thing that so many races had become virtual because even with all the uncertainty going on and exposures, I wasn't even feeling very comfortable being in person. So knowing that I had the virtual option to just go outside, you know, on the sidewalk and do my own race was really comforting as well. Um, so yeah, so I still competed in several, um, virtual races and, um, loved that. And then I also did, um, my first Olympic distance duathlon during that time too. So it just allowed me, I feel like time and space to try new things. So, yeah. And, and now and and you've done a couple of races this mm-hmm. year, right? Yes, yes. And do you feel that you are properly prepared for them? Uh, do you feel that you did better than expected or you did worse, you know, because you didn't race last year? Yeah, these are great questions. So um, I think, and, you know, this might be a relatable concept for some other people too. Um, I actually ended up getting COVID um, last year um, in November. And, um, that set me back for a very long time. So despite having a really good year of racing and training, um, and then I think I had my last, um, I think I did the Olympic duathlon in August. Um, I fell pretty ill. Um, thankfully I was able to recover at home, but, um, I was, down for 15 solid days. And then I spent six weeks trying to recover after that, just to get back to running a mile. So I feel like that, that was a really big setback for me, um, physically, um, emotionally, mentally, all of the above. Um, and so I spent a good portion of the beginning of this year rehabbing my body and getting back to, because I literally, um, I mean, the week before I was running 10 miles and then I fell sick and wasn't able to do anything for six weeks. So I really spent a huge part of the year rehabbing and, um, really I started working with a dietitian as well and just really, um, finding better ways to nourish my body to help my body with training and recovery and just get all things back on track. So my, I would say that my expectations for this year, as far as race outcomes were not set super high. Um, I knew that I really needed to allow my body some grace this year because I wasn't able to be my best and have consistent training for a long time. So at the beginning of the year, Really, my goal was to get to a start line and get to a finish line. And that's really hard, I think, too, once you've become competitive um, with yourself and wanting to keep seeing those personal bests. And so that was a bit of a hard pill to swallow. But I also know that I was really lucky to be able to even get back into sport in general. So, um, Yeah. So in the beginning, it really was just getting to that start line, getting to that finish line. And then like 
just maintaining a level of health. I mean, we were all, we're all still going through, you know, the pandemic. And um, so I feel like the challenge this year too, is just staying healthy, staying injury free and um, doing what you can. And I, I definitely had fewer races this year with that in mind. And, you know, as things came up with family and life and everything like that, I just didn't put my, I didn't put a lot of pressure on myself um, to need to compete for that race or, you know, allowed myself to skip races and things like that and just focus on other ones. So um, I, it, it definitely wasn't my best year, but I definitely did the best that I could this year with my training and my abilities. So I'm happy with that. Good. And it's not like, you know, you, you know, you have a very positive mindset with that. And, you know, and you have to have that in order to kind of, you know, I want to say kind of maintain, you know, mm-hmm. the interest in the sport. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I think that, I mean, I have a great, I, I call them my, my tribe of people behind me, um, my coach, my dietitian, um, just the, the running and cycling community, my teammates, um, I think really having um, a good support system around you is so important because it is easy to get down and um, get frustrated and, you know, knowing that you have people, I mean, even like yourself, we've connected so much, you know, through Instagram and we're honey singer ambassadors. And just knowing that you have people out there that are still rooting for you that know that, you know, you're doing the right things and you're in the right place at the right time. And, um, you know, that really helps lift your spirits too. Yes, definitely. Definitely. All right. So let's change it up a little bit. Yeah. And since you mentioned Honey Stinger. Yeah. Uh, so how, how do you fuel before, during, and after a race? Um, so let's see. In the morning before a race, um, I always have noon prime. I drink noon prime. And always my go-to is an almond butter and honey sandwich. Oh, um, yeah. Or I eat it on a bagel too, but I always have that combination. Um, usually a little coffee and, um, noon prime. Um, during a race, I always have, it kind of, you know, it will depend on if it's a running race or a, or a duathlon, but for duathlon's sake, I always have noon endurance and water on my bike. And then I also love the honey stinger performance chews. Those are definitely my go-to. Those ones have a higher sodium um, intake or higher sodium in them. And I am a pretty heavy sweater. So I do require a lot of fluids and a lot of sodium. Um, And then after, um, I mean, it just kind of depends afterwards, but um, I always, I really do love to eat like um, a, it's a veggie omelet with toast. Um, I usually do like some form of like eggs and toast or eggs and a tortilla and, um, you know, maybe some tea and sparkling water, pretty much all the food afterwards. (laughs) No, no, no burger, no pizza, no net reward. (laughs) You know, it just, I, it, it always changes. I mean, that would, I would probably end up having for dinner for sure. (laughs) But, um, Yeah. And I usually, you know, especially with racing, I usually race pretty hard. So it usually takes a little while for my stomach to kind of turn over. Um, 
So I just kind of wait a little bit and then just kind of ease into it. But I feel like I usually just end up eating for the entire day after that. (laughs) (laughs) I can relate. Yeah. (laughs) All right. So what is your go-to running shoe? Um, I wear the Sockney Triumph. Okay. Yeah. And what bike do you ride for your races? Um, so right now I have an older, um, BMC, um, and it's just a, a road bike. And, um, actually this, this bike is super special to me. Um, I, well, before this bike, I just had a regular Cannondale road bike and, um, with flat handlebars. And that was the bike that I raced my very first duathlon on which I will say it does not matter what equipment you have. All that matters is your heart and just putting your all into it because I was a little worried that I didn't have a triathlon bike or something fancy. And, um, I actually did very well and got second overall at that race. So, um, but I really did want to get a new bike, um, after that. And my husband found, um, this, this BMC road bike, um, I think on marketplace or something like that. Right. And, um, my asked for money for my birthday from friends and family <laughs> so that I could get this bike. And it was a bit of a fixer upper, but I'm really lucky in the fact that my husband, um, is, he calls himself the unlicensed bike mechanic because <laughs> he, he used to work at a bike shop. So he's very skilled with bikes. And so, we got this bike thanks to friends and family and my husband has put some blood, sweat and tears into fixing it up for me. And so it's definitely been just kind of a, I don't know, a piece that's dear to my heart. And, um, yeah, so I just, I race on a pretty simple BMC road bike. That's an older style, but, um, yeah, I love it. Sweet. (laughs) All right. This is kind of a two part question. Okay. All right. What is your, proudest moment as an athlete and then on the flip side what is your worst moment or the biggest mistake you've made as an athlete okay this is good um proudest moment you know it's really hard to pinpoint just one thing I think that every every accomplishment I have is a super proud moment And sometimes I feel like, oh, this one topped the last one or this one topped the one before that. So I do just feel like every accomplishment I have is just, I don't know, it it makes me so proud. And I just feel very lucky. And um, I think that every time that my kids get to experience something like that with me makes it feel like the proudest moment because they are just so proud of mom and they're ecstatic and they love seeing me do what I love to do. And I mean, they see me train all the time. And, um, so really I think getting to share races with them is really exciting and makes me super proud. Um, and then I think, um, my, probably one of my least proudest moments, (laughs) um, was, um, was truthfully the, um, first in-person race, that I had after the pandemic, um, started, um, there was just a lot of, I had kind of put a lot of pressure on myself and it was just a little 
nerve wracking um, to be back in that race environment after being out of it for, I don't know, maybe a year or something. Um, I think I had just kind of put some expectations on myself for needing to get back out there and perform again. Um, and, you know, just do really, really well, despite being out of practice. And I was very, very, very nervous. And I had put a lot of expectations on myself and it didn't go well. (laughs) It, It could have gone well. I finished the race and it went okay. But, um, I just felt like all systems started acting up right from the beginning and my body was just not having it. And it was just evident that I had put so much stress on myself mentally that physically my body was not happy about it. So, right. Yeah. All right. So what would you tell someone, um, pretty much that, you know, if their, their mindset or, their take on is that oh it's too late for me to start you know whether it's to mm-hmm. start um doing um a duathlon a triathlon or a run mm-hmm. just anything you know that you, you know what would you tell them you know even if they feel like i'm too old uh my life is busy you know yeah. i don't have time right. what would be your advice i feel like i actually hear that these comments quite a bit and um i well, first of all, I, I don't feel like we're ever too old to do anything. Right. Um, I think that scientifically, even um, the body is amazing and very moldable. And um, with training and spending time, you know, starting low and slow and working your way up, I really think you can do anything that you set your mind to. Um, I think just like anything else, any job, I think you're going to get out of it what you put into it. And, um, you know, I like to be an example too of, you know, I've, you know, I do hear a lot, like, you know, people have, you know, knee problems or, you know, things like that. And I know there are certain injuries that prevent people from doing certain things as well. But, um, you know, I've, I've had three knee surgeries, I've had two kids and, um, it's possible, you know, there are all things that are possible. And I think, um, this is where I also think like coaches, come in handy because they will help people train smart. And I think that's the number one thing, but I think that really, I do think you can do anything that you set your mind to. And I, it's also helpful to find a community and find support in something that you want to do because there you'll find that there's people from all walks of life that are doing those things. And it's not segregated to, you know, a certain type of person or a certain age. And for me, I mean, as I get older each year, I get better at what I'm doing. So. Yes. Yes. definitely. All right. So what is a non athletic fact about you that most people don't know? Um, let's see. Well, something that maybe is a bit more relevant right now is um, I really enjoy watercolor painting. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, you know, I don't think I like. Has she ever posted anything like that? I don't think so. Yeah. yeah. I don't think so. No, um, it's something that um, I just, yeah, I really definitely do on the side, and it, and um, I really enjoy doing it. Like if we go on um, vacations as well, because I I think I get more out of my own element, and right. 
can just be more creative. I am a bit more of an artistic person um, as well. But so, yeah, that's kind of something I like to do on the side. Okay. So what's next for you? You know, is there anything specific that you're training for or getting ready for? So, yeah, we, well, you as well, we're just kind of both coming off of duathlon season and wrapping that up. So um, that's just kind of come to the end. And I've kind of just been taking a little bit of time to um, just stay in maintenance mode right now. Um, I don't really have a race, I would say, set on the horizon. There are some really amazing races that happen um, in the next coming months that I try to be a part of um, more, I think, for fun. But, um, yeah, I'm just in maintenance mode right now, um, caring for my family and just kind of letting my mind and body reset to get the mental and physical bandwidth I need to start the new focus. Mm, Okay. Um, you got any last words you'd like to share, um, with our listeners? Um, yeah, just that. I think my biggest message too, that I try to get out there as an athlete, as a wife as a mom um, is just that everyone is welcome in sport. And I want everyone to know that no matter who you are, where you come from, what you believe in. I think this is a beautiful thing about running and cycling and, and just movement in general, that everyone is welcome. And if you have disabilities or things that prevent you from doing these things that you love um, or want to be a part of, there's always options out there. And my space on um, Instagram is always, you know, a space that anyone can come to with questions or um, anything they ever want to chat about, or if they ever need support, I'm your biggest cheerleader. Yes. Yes, she <laughs> is. <laughs> I can attest to that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Amy, thank you for being on the show. Thank you so much for having me. All right. And if anyone wants to get in contact with you, how can they do so? Um, I'm on Instagram at honestly, Amy Lynn. Okay. All right. So again, thank you. And hey, have a wonderful day. Thanks so much, Eric. You too. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the No Gimmicks Just Sweat podcast. We really appreciate everyone who tunes in each week. If you enjoyed today's show, please support us by subscribing, rating, and reviewing this show wherever you listen to podcasts. And remember to tell your friends about the No Gimmicks Just Sweat podcast so we can continue to have awesome conversations with everyday athletes just like you. Until next time, have an amazing week.